You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. Last time was quite a big episode for Jules and Val. Val discovered that her father was in fact alive and shared that with Jules. And Jules in turn shared the news that her father is not keen on her relationship with Val and threatened them. Then there was a back and forth between them and they ended up deciding not to be together, not even to be friends because of the threat from Jules's father. Then, on her way home, Val ran into Guillaume's girlfriend, what's her name again? Renata. Right. Who told Val that the company she currently works for, the media company she currently works for, is planning on exposing Val's relationship with Jules anyway. So, while Val was worried about yet another scandal for her family and the relationship with Jules coming out, it seems like the universe has other things in store for them, and being in the closet is not one of them. No, they're making us work, no matter what. Yeah, it's it's something that you could construe as a harmful trope. You know, it's never fair to out somebody, but... From the very beginning, this has been a show with high-stakes drama. Nothing that is happening in this moment is out of the realm of possibility or exactly in line with all of the other incredibly insane things that these characters have gone through. So I don't mind it. it. It forces a conversation that needs to be had so that we can get our happy ever after. And I think it also shows, Val, that if you take matters into your own hands, which we will see later, sometimes you can get that happy ending, even if you're deathly afraid of coming out of the closet. Yeah, and it's been an ongoing theme throughout the show, because we talk about so often, you know, that they're both still pretty young and they're trying to figure out how to navigate things, and they keep encountering these external obstacles. Very quickly, they got over their internal kind of issues and really just accepted that they cared for one another and understood that maybe the world wasn't going to understand that right away. But people and things kept getting thrown into their relationship that made them continually take steps back, whether it was Ava or Lucho or Lupe, and now it's Juliana's father. And I think there is just this point and it's the point that the characters are hitting. And I really love that this happens where you know that you're not going to make everybody happy all the time. And by kowtowing and kind of bending and trying to just be as quote unquote inoffensive as possible, it doesn't matter. Like no matter who you are, somebody's always going to dislike something about you. And I really love that ultimately that's a message that 
kind of comes out of this. It's not that suddenly everybody's going to support you and it's going to be rainbow and butterflies. It's no, somebody's always going to have a problem with something that you're doing in your life. So as long as you're happy the way you're living, that's the most important thing. And I love that that's one of the takeaways. Completely agree with you on that. I love that they come to a happy ending. I have to tell you, because so often in media, it would have just been a tragic thing. And you know, it could have so easily gone that way just based on the storyline <laughs> in this show. Yeah, I mean, things don't end well for a lot of the characters. There aren't many shows these days, I think, with great, you know, even in this year of our Lord 2020, with many great lesbian media representations. Um, and I was watching the show in real time. and. Oh man, the stress, the stress you felt because you didn't know. And, you know, I wasn't familiar with the director or the writers of the show. It was coming out of Mexico and it was the first show featuring, you know, the first show on their main television channels featuring such an overt portrayal of a lesbian couple. I didn't... I didn't start watching it. It started popping up and in one of the very, very early episodes that it feels like we've done like 8 million years ago. Forget the original point. I was, oh, I didn't know how this was going to end. And I didn't start watching until about 40 episodes in until their first kiss. Because, right, there's so many levels. There's the first level of, is this just clickbait? And they're never going to get together and it's going to kind of always be this longing that you think the characters have or the subtext like cough cough six seasons of supergirl because you know you you see that a show can draw it out for six seasons and never give you what you think is right there so i didn't start watching until the first kiss happened and when the first kiss happened i was like all bets are off i can't stay away i know this may go horribly i'm a stronger more resilient person than I was you know years ago so I, I can be mad but I can handle it if it doesn't go the way I want but we still didn't know when we were watching it live and I think that that's why there was such a frenzy because we had this optimism but it all could have I mean could have seriously imploded absolutely we've seen it implode more than not uh, that's a real fear that I think is completely legit and that the LGBT community deals with on a daily basis when it comes to media that straight people just can't even vaguely comprehend because they just don't deal with us. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's so complicated. I think I tend to fall on the, the not more pessimistic side of things, but the more practical side of things. I know that shows need drama and shows need angst and I don't inherently think that having a queer couple not end up together is bad storytelling or is actively trying to hurt the queer community but I think because of how things have been historically it's different it's just it's absolutely different whether you want it to be or not because 99.5 percent of relationships on tv are straight characters so if you want your happy yes we know they'll end up together you can go watch your sappy hallmark movies 
And if you want your everybody dies or cheats or implodes, like you can watch HBO. If you want somewhere in the middle, you watch primetime ABC in the, in the United States, like ABC, NBC, Grey's Anatomy type deal. But there, there's something for everybody and you can absolutely find yourself represented a hundred times over. So it's it's always a hard conversation to have, but I am very, very glad that the show ended up the way it did. And, you know, obviously we wouldn't be talking about it if it didn't. This would not be a show for us to spend eight, what, like eight to ten months of our lives investing in talking to viewers about if it didn't end happily. Like, I don't need you to learn from heartbreak at this point. I know you know as a queer person what heartbreak is and what feeling disappointment is. Like, that's not what we're here to do. This show gets so much of our time because it's different and because it's so good and it gave us exactly what we wanted. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. And now on to today's episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do that. All right. So we start off with... Val coming into Ava's room. Ava's looking really sad. She's crying. She's just a hot mess. I don't know what's going on with her, but it's bad. Her baby daddy, Mateo, might know the baby's not his. She's getting arrested. It's not going well for Ava. But on the plus side, Val looks really great in this scene. (laughs) Always. Ava's apologizing to Val for everything and letting her down and And Val's being the very sweet baby sister, saying things like, you've always been my role model and I've always looked up to you and I don't know what's going on, but I love you anyway. I'm willing to listen to whatever it is you need to tell me. And she's being the very supportive sibling in this particular instance. And it's exactly on point for Val to be this person. She's perfect. That's all I have to say about that. She is. She's perfect as a sibling. Well, uh, she's in a little bit of hot water with Juliana right now because I don't like how how she played that in the last scene that they were together. But yeah, she's very much in character and stays consistent with who she is. And if you think back, it felt like a lifetime ago in Amara Morte time to when Ava found out about she and Juliana and just unrelentingly went off on her and was so hurtful and so dismissive. And I think that this is very much you can have a conversation where it would have been so easy for Valentina in this moment to spin it right back and even bring a lot of that stuff up that oh wow you were chastising me for the way that I'm living my life because I fell in love with somebody who loves me back you are running around doing illegal things at the company running around with the very people who are kidnapping us and making our life terrible but she doesn't do any of that she's supportive she tells her that she wants to listen to her that she doesn't know what's going on but she wants to be there for her sister who she loves uh see perfect i said you know the word did it justice but i explained it anyway because that's just how good it is Val is just one of those rare characters, though. And Macarena Shaga actually does such a beautiful job with portraying her because it comes across really genuine. So it's not one of these cases where, uh, you know, she's so sickly sweet. Ugh, I don't, I can't actually deal with this character because it seems not genuine. 
It's actually the exact opposite in this particular case. I 100% believe that this person exists in this world. And all I want is good, light, happy things for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel the way about Val a little bit, the way I feel about Waverly from Winona Earp. Just one of those like good, pure gays who really just wants to do right by people. We really gets like a little bit more sassy as the seasons go on and kind of grows into her confidence. But there's still, because I don't want this re- recorded anywhere. I'm not going to say I'm not a good person. I think I am a good person. Um, but I for sure sometimes think about the wrong thing and then choose to do the right thing. I'm not like an inherent ball of like positive light that just wants to shine out in the world so I I mean I don't think at any point Val really ever ever thinks about doing the wrong thing in a lot of constructs like when she went to Ava I don't think the past even flitted through her mind for a second no and I think people tend to be much more like what you're describing because life happens and you become a person who's had things happen to you and so you become a little bit more jaded and so you do think about these things that you know even if you want to be the good person even if your whole goal in life is to be that light in the world I think it's unrealistic to expect people to not at least go there a little bit in their minds yeah And I think even Juliana doesn't, I don't think she thinks that way either. I think she takes a different position on things, but her entire characterization is built around trying to protect herself. 100%. And doing that by any means necessary. But she never does something to hurt someone or to give them their comeuppance it's it's always just about you know trying to protect herself in those situations oh 100 there's no malicious intent behind either of them all right now we're with panchito and lupe are in the kitchen and they're making breakfast and they giggling and look very like new couple kind of excited and lupe says to jules we see as as the camera sort of pans you really want me to ask El Chino for a divorce. And so now Jules is actually telling her mother about his threat. And Lupe is saying, he's probably not serious. He's probably just telling you a whole lot of stuff and then he's just going to kind of be okay. Which is interesting because this is the same thing that Val told her, basically. Right. Uh, Yeah, everybody's just whether it's going to happen or not, very optimistic right now because Lupe and Panchito are finally together. They're having this domestic moment in, you know, an apartment that Panchito got for them. So there, there's this positivity because, you know, I think they're starting to kind of feel like they're able to build a life together. So yeah, Lupe is not really all that and it's not dismissive it's I don't mean this in in a bad way the way she's responding to Juliana but you know she's just like well he he probably doesn't mean that whatever he told me to go live my life it's never 
I think, and again, this is, it's a very good representation because you don't always get clean lines and closure and exactly the way you want something to play out. Sometimes you get like a, well, this is okay enough. And I just accept that that person's kind of a jerk and they've made some progress and that's great, but I still don't want them in my life. And that's how it ends. You know, they don't suddenly become the person that you want them to be. And again, I think it's a very difficult but realistic portrayal and I'm glad that the show did it this way because it feels more authentic I agree with it and it's also very cute the interplay between Jules and Lupe it's quite a cute family moment it's the first time we've seen Jules in a situation where she looks like she's having a happy family moment with both Panchito and Lupe you know they're making breakfast and there's this kind of like buzz in the kitchen and the dining room And she's talking about the issue she's currently having and her mother's giving her advice and she's taking it to heart and it's a very sweet mother-daughter moment and then Panchito's coming in and saying things like, well, maybe he is planning something, you know, we just got to be careful kind of thing and it gives Lupe a kiss on the head and it's a very cute kind of family moment, which is something that Jules has not had. And she's saying, Altino's still a bad person. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, the scene ends as she calls her mother and um, Chito. They're embracing and it's a very cute little cuddle and she calls them like love birds. I love Panchito's face there. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to tell you now. And then we cut to, this is this thing that the show does so nicely is juxtaposing these sweet moments with these really hectic moments. I forgot Johnny Corona was on this show. He's like one of the main characters on the show, but he's never in Val's storyline. I think we've seen him like maybe two or three times kind of in the background when other things were happening. Mm-hmm. So now he's the, the main focus as we come into into this scene and he's talking to Lucia. He's unhappy about something. Yeah, I mean, he is the one who originally with Lucia planned Leon's death. So they were kind of in cahoots, and then Leon comes back in um, what's-his-face's body, Alcino's body, and they fall back in love again. So that kind of leaves Johnny on the outside, and I don't even know if he and Lucia were romantically linked, but they had business plans. But yeah, things aren't going his way, so... This is, I don't remember watching this scene and haven't seen it in a long time, but it's its pretty graphic. He puts a gun in his mouth and pretends like he's going to shoot himself and then shoots Lucia. And the reason that we are seeing this scene, even though it doesn't involve any of the characters we've been watching really, is because it's absolutely going to have an impact on the rest of the characters. So it, it provides really important context. So he... Uh, I don't know if it was mutual, but he was in love with Lucia because he does say, you're right, my love, just before he shoots her. And then we see Leon, who's in Jacob's body, carrying Lucia out of the house. She's bleeding. I don't know exactly where he's carrying her. He's just desperately carrying her, maybe just to get her away from Johnny. Get her away from Johnny, but also they have their own staff, so they wouldn't need to, you know, wait for an ambulance or whatever. I don't really get why he takes her out to the yard. I think, again, when there's like a moment of trauma, I think you want to believe you're going to react in the right way or the most helpful way for the person. But that's not always what happens. That's a completely fair point. 
Anyway, so they end up on the lawn outside and she looks up over his shoulder and then he turns around and looks up and there's an eclipse happening. And apparently eclipses are important in the show. This is the first time we personally see it. But I think that there was an eclipse when he died and then moved bodies as well. I mean, yeah. What it's doing is it is setting this up for the possibility of a second season with different people having switched bodies. So Lucia's character could absolutely come back in a different body, is what they're doing if they wanted to do another season. Right, so now we see Beltran and he says, the day I died, there was an eclipse. Maybe my time has come. And he's with his current wife. Mm -hmm. And she just looks worried. Now, we don't see much of her, but she holds his hand and she obviously doesn't want him to go. I don't know why. So now we're back with Lucia busy dying and Leon over her, yelling at her to breathe. And then in the background, we see death. And I mean, let's talk about how different couples on this show, their situations play out. These are the main characters. I know it doesn't feel like it from, you know, if you're listening to the Julian Tina podcast. Um, but these are the stars of the show, like one and two billing. This is it. This is who the show is about. And she's lying dead um, in a puddle of blood. Then he's crying over her. Because for as hard as something like this is, I don't know that they ever really could have gotten a happy ending. She planned his death and then he died. And she felt kind of guilty about that. Um, but he came back and they fell in love again. And, you know, I think she truly learned how much she had messed up. Like taking somebody's life is never a a good thing to do. Um, but I think she really finally realized the depth of her feelings for him. Um, and then she gets killed by the person who she originally orchestrated that with. So there's very much um, for as upsetting as it is if you are like me and you just want your HEA no matter who the characters are I want everybody to end up happily um, it's it's a very yeah like Shakespearean kind of dramatic ending that isn't happy but fitting I would say in the meantime everybody's come out from inside the house including Val and then she notices that Johnny Corona is coming out and he's still got his gun. And so she she says, Dad. And that's such a cute moment because she's calling him Dad. So he's standing there with a gun. I think Lucia's now dead. And there's a kind of a showdown between the two dudes. Leon without a gun, covered in Lucia's blood, and Johnny Corona with a gun walking slowly towards him. And just as he raises the gun to kill his nemesis, the cops show up. Tell him to put down the gun, and he does. So dramatic. I hate everything about Johnny Corona, except he's wearing really great shoes right now, and I really like the cut of his pants. But he wears these very stupid high-collared shirts, and he's being very dramatic right now. And this is where me not being as good of a person comes out in that I just want nothing but all the bad things in the world for him. <laughs> I think he has a stupid face. 
And I'm thank God he is not in more Julian Tina scenes. So now we're at the funeral, and it's all very sad. And Guille and Leon are both wearing sunglasses, you know, to hide their tears and their puffy, swollen eyes. Yeah, it's. I think. Okay, so here's my only problem with this scene. Why is Juliana not here? I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. I was, because even if they just, well, okay, to be fair, so let's talk this through. The last time we saw them, they decided not to even be friends because of the whole threat thing. So maybe that's why it is. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like the fact that Juliana went to Lucho's funeral, somebody she absolutely despised. I think there are those moments when you kind of put aside your differences. And I know that there is this possible imminent threat if they do stay friends. So I I kind of understand it. But again, I just I don't feel like it was the right thing to do. I think it almost cheapens for a moment the the depth of their relationship and being a system of support for one another just because this is something it's got to be really really hard for Valentina who's already lost her mother her father even though he's back and now this person who wasn't her mother but was a great source of comfort for her in her life so it's hard for me to believe that Juliana would not fight tooth and nail to be there um, regardless of the possible danger see I agree with that and it was a glaring oversight for me as well that she just wasn't here. Anyway, they have this funeral. They're also wrapping up some various story arcs in this because Ava is talking to Teo and saying to him that she's going to turn herself into the police tomorrow and he has every right to be angry with her and, and, and. There's sad, sad music playing. I mean, it's a funeral. It's sad. I feel bad for the doves being stuck in a box. Yeah, I think releasing live animals at any sort of event is probably a bad idea. It seems like something rich people would do, for sure. So it's very, like, on-brand. So now the the funeral is done or happening or whatever it is, and now we cut to Beltran's house. Jules and Lupe come in, and he's introducing very awkwardly his current wife to his previous wife, by saying things like, this is my wife, and this is my wife. This is my wife from this life right now, which I love. I, You know, if you're trying to find the most succinct way to put it, that's it. And it's so awkward. The three women look very weary. And he goes on to say, th- he knows it sounds weird, but he's in love with both of these women. You know, Lupe, because she's the mother of his daughter and his current wife, because she taught him that women are more than just their bodies. I still hate him. I'm never going to be okay with him because I think that he is just given so much latitude to be the absolute worst. And then we are supposed to applaud anything to get him to being like a decent human being. And I also think, I'm not really sure because... I don't wa- I haven't watched his scenes in between here that are just him. I think he's afraid he's going to die again. I think he knows that there are supernatural forces at play and he saw the eclipse and he got scared. 
like he's having his come to Jesus moment. So I don't know, whatever. He's getting where he needs to be, whether it's authentic or not, but I will never like him. I think he's a complete POS, but you know, he drives a lot of the plot forward. So I accept his existence. Even during his speech, now I don't know if this was a translation thing, so it's very likely, I mean, it could have been, but even during his speech, the way he was going on about women was very objectifying, because he was saying things like, she's helped me realize that women are more than just bodies, they're also intelligent, and they're this and that, and even even just the way he was saying it was complete objectification, and I just wanted to punch him in the face. Just like... Really, we're people. Thank you, human beings. Well, no, you're not a person, but you're more than your body, Sheena. But you're not a full-fledged person. Not let's not let's not go crazy here. So problematic. Anyway, he does go on to say that he's going to stop messing with Lupe and Jules, and that Jules can love whoever she wants. To which she replies, "Great," which she still looks a little uncertain. But the thing is, he screwed them over so many times that how can she believe him now with his, like, big speech? He really needs to just brush his hair. Or wash his hair. Maybe both. Do you know that Juliana and Beltran play love interests in a different... That's kind of, I mean, I get, it's acting, whatever. I'm sure it's, like, a job for them. They act in a bunch of different things, but I think that's so I weird. I agree. So then he hands over, like, a, a bag of cash... And that's the cash that he stole from the Sicarios. Like he stole it from the hitmen. Right. It's the cash that got both Lupe and Jules kidnapped. And so he now gives it to them as a kind of a peace offering. The rag sewing thing, her career. Mm hmm. <sighs> yeah, he's still an asshole. He's still an <laughs> asshole, just... but. I don't know. Again, there's this there's this realism for the whole premise of the show being absolutely back crazy. The tone of the show is absolutely off the wall with death bringing people back. Everything and all of these interactions feel so real in the character motivations and how they grow. And I think Chino ends up as optimistically as where you could expect him to be because he's pretty much a monster at the beginning. So by the end, you know, he's never going to know the PC terms. He's never really going to think necessarily about how his actions impact others. But he is actively trying not to hurt people anymore. It would be even weirder if he did a complete 180 because I think it kind of undermines all of the bad stuff that he did a little bit. And again, it's just, it's that idea of ending up in a better place, but it not being sugar-coated so that the growth does feel authentic. I just feel really bad for his current wife. It shouldn't be a woman's job to make a man a human being. I'm Yeah, preach. Yeah. They, and again, I give it a little bit of latitude because he and she have this whole character arc that is defined by so much more than him saying that at the end. I think that he really comes to bat when he inhabits the the guy's body, the child that they have together, the son is sick. And I think Chino really steps up and helps. And he learns a little bit about 
what it's like to be a part of a family that works together. He's one of the main characters on the show as well. They have this fully fleshed out story arc. So definitely there's there's a lot of growth that he's doing that I think they probably didn't convey the best at the end. But I definitely, I understand what you're saying. Because that's exactly what it does sound like. Indeed. Alright, so we will continue next time with Valentina's big outing. It's the big display of love. This is what every romance novel, or a lot of romance novels, kind of hinge around. Absolutely. It's the moment in Imagine Me and You, she's standing on top of the taxi singing. It's it's that moment. Okay. Uh-huh. Monica, thank you for joining me today. You are a rock star as always. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.